0: Okay, this week's parsha, Parsha's is Has a very important posik. that tells you. Yaakov tells Yosef, "I'm going to give you Shem Echad." According to one shot, Shem means the city of Shchem. He took it, which the targum teaches which you're referring to Tfilas. And the obvious question is, generally the way you fight war is usually, especially in the olden days, the warfare was harbi ubakashti. Cherav means a sword, and a means a bow. Where did the Targum see within the words of harbi bakashti? they meant Tfilah? So the Balamusa say, because our Tfilas are our weapons. Right, in morning you say in Hallelujah, what do we say? The sword pipiois. the word pipe means double sided swords. Rabbi Lapian used to say, What shall double sided swords? When you dove them, he said what happens is if you don't utilise them the right way, if a person has a double sided sword, and you swing that sword the wrong way, you can actually kill yourself. That's what happens with a sword. That's double-sided. If you have a sword that's only one side. So if you don't get your enemy, even if it hits back at you, nothing's going to happen. When it's double-sided, if you swing it too far back, you're going to get. You're going to. It's going to damage you. So that's why he said that our tefillas have tremendous power. But if you don't utilize them correctly, you can get damaged. But definitely, we see from psukim that our weapons are our weapons are tfilis. That's what we see. And actually, there's two types of tefillahs, the Meshachachma and the Briskarov, explains there's a Tvila called the Cheref and a Tvila called the kheshes He says a tefillah that was instituted by Chazal is called, like our that's called a Cheref. Why is it a Cheref? A Cheref is something very sharp swords. You don't need that much strength to be able to swing it. But a Keshes, a bow, it depends how much you pull back. That's how far it's going to travel. The more you put into it, or some even actually use a poetic, the more you're closer to your heart. Right? That's, that's how strong it's going to be. But that's what it means are the two types of tefillahs. A tefillah which is a request which chazal of instituted. to it, that's, you don't need much kavana. But a tefillah which is called bibuusi means a personal request, a private tefillah, a tefillah that you have your own bakoshes, that is, is compared to akashes. That's how the Meshachachmo, Rizkorov, they both love that, that, if you look in this week's parasha, one of the people that get a bracha is Yehuda. Yehuda gets a bracha. One of the things, right, by Yehuda's bracha is, that, that Yehuda is going to be the one that's going to be the ruler. He's the king of Kodesh. Generally, the one in charge of an army is usually the king. Right? The chief in command in America is the president from his White House. But generally, the command, the one who runs the war, a king, a king has a certain level of war. Very interesting, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar points out if you look in the bracha that Yaakov gave to Yudah, you'll find every single one of the letters of the Aleph base, except for the letter Zion. So, what is that significance of that? That so you won't find Zion. You'll find the whole Aleph base, except for Zion, because to teach you, by our wars, you don't need Kli Zion. Kli zayin means weapons. So the Zion was deliberately left out of Yehuda's Bracha to show the power that we have is not with Kli zayin. It's not with weapons. That's our Our mouths are our weapons. Now, definitely, unfortunately, people have known how to use their mouth in the wrong way to insult somebody. they could be, right, Today, they're very in tune with something called verbal abuse. Right? That people understand how strong power of the, the of the lips. But in the positive way, if you can do it, if you have it, and then the positive way is that tefillah has that power. You can ask a strong request. You can ask a very strong request. That's our power of our mouths. Where did Chazal see in the psukim itself that means tefillah? Where do we see that? So there's a sefer called Kaelas Yitzchak. And he says, if you look at the psukim, Itself. Besides, that we understand that the, our weapons, our mouths. But if you look at the pesukim itself, Chazal saw that in the words of the pesukim. The targum saw the words of pesukim. Anybody knows about war? The simple way of fighting war generally is: first, you drop bombs in today's warfare, and then you go and you take care of the remaining, the people that were left. But you, know, you fight, you fight from afar, and then afterwards you come in and close in. That's how war usually works. So in the olden days, they used to use bow and arrows from far. And then when they got closer, they used the kharev, they used the sword. That was before they had rifles and snipers and different bombs. So it was basically a kashas and She So he says, if the order of the psukim, if you look at the psukim, why does it mention the swords before it mentions the bow? The strategies of war in those days was first the bow and then the swords. So you can't be talking about the regular warfare. Which type of warfare are we referring to? We're trying to warfare something which we call, we did, we, it's called the Mechemes HaYetzeh. Dealing with the Yetzirah, most of us don't have Nishoynes, as we say, on the big things. On the big things means Shabbos, the big things of kashrus. Those are not generally our daily struggles. On the big picture of things, Russia, most of us were raised in a very informed environment. We're raised in this in a informed environment, so those are not our struggles. Our struggles, very often, is on the small things that we have. And the it's a horror the way to deal with it, he lets you focus on the big things, and therefore the small things don't get taken care of. And that's why your Rebbe has to keep telling you. Look, Concentrate a little bit. That's what the Rebbe has to do. get you involved a little bit. Right? That's what it is. You understand that you're in yeshiva to learn. But on the other hand, there's the little things. So what the Torah is teaching us, it says over here, when you want to deal with Mechames HaYetzeh, you do the small things around you. That's what you should focus on. And the big things will take care of themselves. So it says b'charbi or Bekash, wasn't talking about the regular war. And that's something that which we... With this, the success to have those things, of course, comes and starts off with philo. But definitely when you focus sometimes on small things, when you focus them and try and work on little things, one of the is they generally tell you, how to have It's a difficult task. It's a difficult task to have kavonah b'shwan It's not something new. There's Yishalmi, actually. Which Toys Rosh Hashanah, I think, that that's Yud. me Rosh Hashanah quotes this Yishalmi. It says he used to thank his body who knew how to go down by murder. Now That's exactly when he went down to moidim, He thanked his body for no... Because now it was it was by roads. I'm sure people have experienced, or at least seen others, that on Shabbos, when they don't get focused on Shmanesha, they start banging themselves. And then they realize that on Shabbos, they start usually rubbing the shoulder. Start, you know, to make sure that they're not so embarrassed that they're up to Slachlonu. But don't think it's so bad. I want to show you which I saw brought down from the name of Reb Chaim Brim. He was a Roshiv actually in Square, and he lived in Rishalayim. He was a youth from Rishalayim. He actually points out a very interesting observation that how little Kavana you have to have in your, da- in your davening in order for that kavana to take effect. But before we say over the this, his Dvatera is actually a story, a very interesting story with the Rim Netzerabba. Yeah, Mansi. The Rim now he became famous with his kever. He's busy. People are running there day and night. When he was alive in Muncie, he barely had a minion in his house. So for Marif, he wanted a minion. One night he didn't have a minion. So as a fellow figures, you know, help the Rebbe. What are you ready to have already? He figured he ready to have Marif. What does his Marif look like? He'll have him again. He'll you know, tell the Rebbe, you know, you need a minion. I'll come in. The Rebbe looked at one look at him, and the Rebbe said, "You ready to have already?" And the guy got tremendous chizik for that. The Rebbe could tell he had ready to have Marif. And his mariv was—you can imagine what his mariv looked like, right? The worst Marev you had, the Rebbe could still tell he looked—he looked a different person. The fact that he not that the Rebbe could tell him You can't join the Minion, he said. And these people that haven't davened yet. But I tell you about from Chaim Brin, He says like this: There's a locha down. We don't passk like this, but the shara brings down halcha shabbos. What happens if a person in the summer? gets on Shabbos, gets all the way up to Baruch Aleinu. He gets to Baruch Aleinu, and it's during the summer and instead of saying the same Baruch the same Baruch he says the same Talimatal of Rach. What happens? So usually there's Aloch and Hilcha Shabbos, interesting Aloch and Hilcha Shabbos. If by mistake you say Atochainain on Hilcha Shabbos, once you say the words Atochainainain, since Mi'ikradin, one is supposed to doubt on the Yudchas brachas on Shabbos, one is supposed to doubt all the 18th, so the reason why we don't the yud brachas. Alt tircha, the shmelti, Alt shabbos, we don't all yud brachas according. To... So therefore, once you've started the bracha, you have to complete the bracha. That's more down. That's the halacha. That's halacha, and that's why right, wherever we gain, usually the Chazan usually usually takes care of that we don't gain, right, right. But whatever we try to gain on Shabbos to have a shorter Shemen right. But that's what's supposed to be a little shorter. The davening Shabbos, then get to your food, then get to your Oynik Shabbos. That's what's supposed to be. But, but if a person, by mistake, said the word, Atokhoin, it's So ones of this guy, went past Slach uh, uh, he didn't wake up by the bank, he got to Baruch and what happens? So is in the middle of Baruch Haleinu, and he realized that Shabbos, obviously, he has to stop, finish off that Baruch, and then go to the Shabbos Monastery. But what happens if he passed Baruch and he said the wrong thing? He said, the Baruch Haleinu, and he's supposed to say, same Talimotel of Baruch during the summer, or the other way around, during the winter, he said the same bracha instead of the same talman, and It was on Shabbos, so there's halachas ketanos. We don't pass him. This is the point we don't pass him. Like he held, you have to repeat barchalino again. You have to repeat bar because you said it wrong. See, even though the halachy is, you're not supposed to say on Shabbos. Once you start with that bracha, you have to complete it, and if you completed it wrong, you have to repeat it. So Chaim Brim pointed out a very interesting observation. This fellow is clueless when he's davening. He doesn't know it's Shabbos. He doesn't know that it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a winter, and he doesn't know he's supposed to say the same talimatah. He said the same bracha. This guy's really not focusing. He doesn't even know what season, he doesn't know what day it is. And nevertheless, he has to repeat that barakah to undo that, what he said wrong. Otherwise, it's going to have an effect. So that's, he pointed out, that how much you see how far a person's tefillahs, without any kavana whatsoever, not knowing what day it is, not knowing what season it is, and nevertheless, he has to sort of undo what he said. That shows you how little kavana you have to have, and what effect the tefillahs have. So it's definitely, you see, tremendous. What we see, the power of and the power of tefillah, even with not much kavana has that tefillah, how much that power of tefillah. But one of the important parts of tefillah is, is we start of davening is, is always with tefillahs, with the schus of us. We today survive, because there was a Akedah Sitzchak. Throughout Rosh Hashanah, one of the things we mentioned, being the schus of the Akedah, and every day, many of the benefits that we have today, as Kalal Shal has, is because we're children of the Avis. And of course, the more we connect to the Avis, the more successful our tefillah. Look at Kolev. Who wanted didn't want to be part of the Maraglim, he went to Kivrei Ovis, in order to be successful in his Thillas. He connected to the Oves. He ran to Maras Akh in order to be successful. In order to get out of this Golis, this week's Parsha Rashi brings down. Interesting. That Rachel was not based, was not buried in the city. She was he was she was buried in a place that when Khalish will go out to Golis, they're gonna bypass. They're going, to, not by, by, they're going to pass by. They're going to pass by Rachel's Kavar. It doesn't even say we're going to daven. If you look at Rashi, it says we're going to pass by Rachel, come out and misspall on us that we shouldn't get lost in the gauls Rachel is the one that Baruch promised. So Rachel is buried in a place. You connect to Rachel. You connect to the obvious. Those are places. Actually, Briskarov wasn't a big fan of going to Kavarim this one place that he felt one should go was Rachel because she was buried in a place that we should be misspalled by that's what he said he held that that was is one of the places you actually can go for tfilah actually the mr it's interesting to note the mr in two places discuss about going to Kvarim. one is in the erev Rosh Hashanah there he actually says there is an indian to go to Kivrit Sadikim you amiskavul by yousa so you go to a place where is buried. On the other hand, it's interesting, in Hilchah's kindness when he talks about when people, are, when they don't have rain, the Qumar Tainas brings down, you have to go out to the Beisach Forest. And over there, he brings down the Mishtebura that the Gura was not a big fan of going to Beisach Forest because of the tumor. So it's interesting, different places. So now other this different. The Gura was not a fan of going to the Beisach Forest. interesting story with Rav Shach once. The Rav Shach, someone travels to Europe and he went to the city where the is, in Little. He went to Little, and it's actually where Rav Shach grew up. And he came back from his tour, and he went to Rav Shach and he told him, "I was by the Gons kever." And Rav Shach says, "I lived near there. I used to go to that mizak forest. I have a relatives. Was a daughter, or a, a sister. I don't remember exact detail who it was." And he said, "I used to go to that kever. I never had a havur He said to go to the Gons kever. We went to the kever, and then I went back to Yeshiva." He said. He said, and this guy's traveling the world, come back to tell her of Shasu about the grove's Kava. It so happens the grove was not a big fan of people going to Mr. Mishtabura brings down El Titus. But definitely in the Bur does bring down it's a place which full of Samaskaba. But Kevah Rachel, she was buried in a place that go daven by. So we live by Schus Aves. Interesting point I saw for the Benish Kai in this week's parsha. What did he take from the other Murray? Shem was conquered, Hashem's way, the way the Possek in this week's parasha tells us. Yaakov tells Yosef, That means, Yaakov says, I conquered Shem through my tfilos. Shem means, according to Wamshat and Rashi, the city called Shem. But we know who was the one that wiped out Shem. We know Shem and Levi wiped out Shem. So how can he tell me? That the one that wiped out Shechem, the one that conquered Shechem was Yaakov. The Pasek seems to in this week's parish, it was Yaakov. When we know the story with Dinah afterwards, the Shemolevi went in and wiped out Shechem. They killed all the Shechem. Killed out all the Shechemites. So Ben Chai says, shouting this Possek, with a moshel. So there's a fellow once in the forest, traveling in a forest. And as he was traveling in the forest, a bear comes towards him. So what do you do? Right? One thing is don't try and run out the bear. He runs a lot quicker than you, right? Those ones are actually two people that once met a bear together. And one starts running. The other guy says, you're never going to run out of the bear. I don't have to run out of the bear. I have to run out of you. The bear will catch you, right? That's a, But if you're the only one, he he, he came he gets, he meets this bear. So this fellow is a little primitive, a little naive. So he had to stick with him. He figured that the bear has seen hunting before. He picked up the stick as if it was a gun. He figured he'll he'll point it towards the bear and the bear will run off. As he picks up the stick towards the bear, he hears a bang and the bear drops dead. It's so he hears. He hears a bang, the bear drops dead. So he thought, wow, look what I did. I met down the bear got dead. He didn't realize there was a sniper sitting in one of the trees and saw what was going on and he shot the bear. Very often that little story is us. Things happen. Wow. Look what we did. But do you know what really why that happens? There were people from the trees. There were others. There were different things that actually, things that were set in place that you think. There's a story of the Pittsburgh Rabbi. used to say over, that he once went into a car and he saw two steering wheels, both by the driver's side and by the passenger's side. He was wondering, why about two steering wheels in a car? Have you seen a car with two steering wheels? He was wondering, what's these two steering wheels? He had a real steering wheel or fake steering wheels. He said, the fellow explained to him, I have a little son who comes in the car with me, and he wants to drive, and every time, he grabs hold of the steering wheel. It got very dangerous. He used to pull the, he used to pull the steering wheel. So what I do, came up with an idea what I do is, I put another steering wheel and installed the steering wheel, fake steering wheel. We get in the car, and since then I have no problems, he's turning the steering wheel, and what does he think, these little kids? He thinks we're going mm-hmm, you know, he thinks he's driving everywhere. There's kids, and now, that's what we are. Very often, we think when we're doing and going through life, and we're doing this and we're doing that. You know, what I mean, there's somebody else that's stirring over here. There's somebody else that's driving over here. There's a Kaddish who who's driving. There's a famous story. I'm sure many of you have heard. There's a fellow once who had a very important business meeting. And he comes up to the parking lot, and there's no spots there. He's going crazy, and he's getting late for this business. He says, HaKadosh Baruch if you give me a parking spot, I'll give $10,000 to Tzedakah. Just then when he said that, a car pulled out. He says, okay, Hashem, it's okay, I don't need any more. I've got a parking spot. Right? So sometimes that's, that's what happens. We realize that we think that we're controlling the things. We're controlling things. That's the Koyach of Tzedakah. And that's what we learn from Harbi Bakashti. We recognize those harbi Bakashti, that means the power we have to of tefillah, that the fact that the Torah describes tefillah as a weapon, that we have to know that's our weapons, that's our way, how we combat, our Yitzhara's combats everything, any tzorah in life, any tzorah in life, any tzorah person has, that's what we do. throughout our we can become something. Actually, Dr. Melach used the language, vali tefillah. It means, I am tefillah. Means I become, a person himself becomes, right? The word, I think for us, Farhars, is means it's talking about the person himself. He's not Is he is davening. He becomes a davener. We don't have, we have, in our vernacular, we have someone called a London, right? Someone that learns well is called a London. We don't really have, someone's called a davener, really. We don't have such a vernacular as much. But Rabshim for us actually learns that the word mispalel means it's talking about the person himself. So you should be to realize the value of Tvila, but understand that even if we didn't have kavana, how much Koyach those Tvilas have, and even if you say, sometimes I'm not in the mood, Rabbi, I'm not in the mood, but it's still, you do it anyway, and you'll have success. Okay.